let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. We're very excited to welcome back Courtney Richardson to talk to us more about homeschooling. And I'm just really excited because we have some of your questions and we have some of my own. So I'm, I'm just excited to get some more answers. So one point of business, mm-hmm. if you hear a little bit of cooing, it is probably Ammon or Emily. We mm, probably not me. <laughs> <laughs> so Ammon's up with us tonight because he's a month old and so he's always up with us at the most inconvenient times. So yeah, That's okay though because he's cute. If you hear him, that's who he is. Yeah. Um, okay, so we already did record with Courtney, and it was an awesome episode. We recorded about um, education and the philosophy of homeschool, and do you want to kind of give a little review about that real quick? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a broad picture, uh, kind of shotgun approach to homeschooling, mm-hmm. right, and to the why behind it, and not, and it was, uh, it was kind of focused on homeschooling, but there were principles of, of education, Right. That applied to homeschooling, parents who are homeschooling, but also to parents who go a more traditional route. Um, so it was very applicable across all situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Emily had a ton of questions that she was dying to ask the <laughs> whole time. And then we had subsequent people reach out to us and say, hey, we're wondering about this specific thing or this specific thing. Uh, and so we decided to have Courtney back on to answer some of those very specific questions that I think a lot of parents who are considering homeschool are wondering about. Yes, so if you haven't listened to the first episode, go back. Um, I can't recall what number it is, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yep, as always. So Courtney, thank you for joining us again. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Okay, so should we just dive in? I just... think so. I don't think okay. we hadn't planned any like nope, we're just, anything else. So. I just have a list of questions, so we should just... Let's do it. Drill them. Let's, Let's do, do it. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. How do you teach different ages at the same time? Okay. Different. Um, I guess to start off with, I have a couple of thoughts that sort of just like set the stage a little bit. Um, one, I love what Mr. Rogers says about children. He says that play is the work of childhood. And I've always felt strongly that kids need to play. And so... Um, I was homeschooled, I mean, I was public schooled myself, and the, as the years have gone on, I've been sad to see less and less play for children and much more like adult work put into children's laps. And so when it comes to teaching kids at different ages, we're kind of conditioned to think that we have to have first graders learning first grade material and third graders learning third grade material, and it all has to be compartmentalized, and we have to do science with science and math with math, and that's just not true. And so most of what we do is family style. It works really much better than you would think. I know you're like probably thinking of maybe like having church at home like we've been doing during COVID and Mm -hmm. like there's some pandemonium going on or family home evening and you've got older kids, you've got younger kids. 
But the fact of the matter is that's that's okay. That's mm-hmm. life. It doesn't have to be perfect for kids to learn. And we have to remember that the goal is to learn, not to have perfect homes or perfect children who sit still every second of the day. Right. It's not realistic. Well, and uh, kind of as a side note, uh, it's a little, I was thinking about how beneficial this is because the only situation you will ever be in in which you are on the same quote unquote level as everybody else around you is in school. school. Right. right. I mean, like when you're at work, it's a contrived when circumstance. You're in, when you're in church, when you're hanging out with friends and whatnot, for the most part, you're all on different levels of different uh, subjects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? And, and even when you're studying the same subject. So when you're in Sunday school, uh, there are going to be the people who studied religion in college and who are very you know, familiar with the scriptures. And then there's going to be the person who's like maybe just coming into the church and is like, like trying to figure out, you know, like the order of the books and hasn't really worked on diving into the deep doctrine and that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, But isn't it amazing? It all works. Like we all can learn together, even though we're at different places. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the important things too, is meet your kids where they are. So a lot of times you're going to start with the oldest and they're the first ones to learn to read. They're the first ones to be curious about scientific things and all kinds of different new things that they're going to be exploring with you and you're going to expose them to. And so it's really super fun. And it's okay to have toddlers having their little fingers in the experiments and, you know, but as they get older... Unless there's acid in the experiments. Well, they they probably except for that. Keep, yeah. You might want dad there on that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's really great. One example that I thought of when I saw this question was when my kids were younger, we took a road trip and I was like, oh, let's find a good book to listen to in the car. And so I'd, we'd been learning about American history. And so I said, let's listen to Johnny Tremaine because my oldest two kids were in middle school mm-hmm. and my younger two were elementary or younger. And so um, we listened to it in the car and it was so good. We just, we all felt all the highs and lows of the story mm-hmm. and we learned a lot and we had some fun discussions afterwards about it and the different characters and everything. And that was years ago, you know, I mean, probably maybe six or seven years ago that we did that. And Reese is nine, so, you know, she would have been two or three then. And um, so when we were talking about it the other day, we said something about Johnny Tremaine and Reese is like, what's that? And I'm thinking, well, you know, we listened to that, but not not really. Like, she didn't <laughs> right. get a whole lot yeah. from that. But the fact of the matter is she's always been around it because mm-hmm. we've always been listening to stories. We've always been learning together. And so like she has developed, culture. right, she has a love of stories. So it's not surprising to her or hard or doesn't feel like a challenge to sit and listen to a lot of stories, to learn history that way, to hear living books and learn a mm-hmm. lot of different parts of um different subjects in that way even like scientific and mathematical books we love living books it just makes more sense in a story and when there's context and by living books do you mean like audio books no by living books i mean not a textbook where you're looking at facts of this is when the louisiana purchase happened and this is when such Mm -hmm. and such with george washington instead it's like a book about george washington's life or like a a narrative book book? right exactly exactly and so there's lots of books on Mm -hmm. pretty much every subject a lot of them right. are written for children. Um, some of the best ones were written in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and most of those are on Internet Archive, and we get a ton of our material from that because the history mm-hmm. hasn't changed. It's just not, not not as common to have it written in modern times for children in, in a narrative way. Now right. it's more textbook only, and so, that changes often. So when I think about teaching 
children at different ages, my mind uh-huh. immediately goes to like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And like old school, how like there was one teacher in one classroom and then she had all of the ages. Yes. Um, does it, did it ever feel like that for you? Because we just started last month doing this homeschool thing and it's just Hiram in pre-K, so it's not a big deal. But yeah. I already feel like Ruth is there and then Hiram or Ammon's in the bouncer. And I already kind of feel stretched, kind of like Willow House on the Prairie teaching everybody, but <laughs> I'm really only teaching one. So, like, have you right. felt that kind of, that stretching, I guess? Well, each of my kids have been so different. And so I would say probably yes, but in different ways. Like, sometimes Reese will be more advanced in a subject than her brother, two years older than her. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, this was this is different, you know? And then it's vice versa. Other subjects, like Rush, he's two years older, so yeah, it's natural for him to be ahead. But... um he just has a proficiency for something that she just feels like she's rotten at. Like, he's amazing at drawing. And she's really good at drawing, too. But he's just picked it up and moved mm-hmm. way faster. And she loves to read. And he has fought me on reading. And it's been really hard for him. And I just tried to meet him where he was and to take it, take it slow and read stories to him. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot of things. My philosophy... A big, big part of it is inspire, not require. Mm-hmm. And so if he is against writing, what are we going to accomplish by me forcing him to constantly do writing assignments? Like, oh, dissect this passage and write a paragraph about this thing you couldn't care less about and, you know, all these things. There's tons of different methods for kids to learn. And so if one way isn't working, don't knock your kid's head into the wall. There's, find a different way or take a break from it for a while mm-hmm. or do mm-hmm. something different. But you're going to be doing things all together. But... um and it is a one-room schoolhouse kind of thing. But the more we talk about it, I hope you get the more of like the vision of the fact that it's not work and these tasks. It's not stacks of worksheets and books and texts that we have to, you know, just think, forge through. Yeah. It's like the best thing ever. We get to pick what we want to do, what we want to learn about. And we always have way more stuff than we can do. And so it's like, what do we want to do today? Do we want to draw about mountains or do we want to read about mountains or... Do we want to, you know, learn about rocks? Do we want to get some rocks? What about the rock tumbler? Should we get that out? Or, you know, there's just all these different avenues to take. And the more excited I am, the more excited they are. And it's it's just tons of fun. So that's pretty much um, what I would say about that. Another thing that is always interesting to me is that kids who are just around the learning, even when it's not necessarily aimed at them or it's what you would consider age appropriate for them, mm-hmm. they will pick up so much that... Just because they're there and okay. they're bright and they're interested and everybody's interested and it's fun to put baking soda and vinegar together and see what happens and mm-hmm. it's fun to listen to stories and so there's a lot of things like that that um, will just benefit everybody kind mm-hmm. of That's by awesome. being in the house. That's really encouraging. Because I feel like it's a little bit daunting to think of teaching different age groups. Yeah. Um, so that's that's good. Here's another question that kind of is similar. Um, but do you have any tips for giving enough attention to both homeschooling age children and taking care of the little ones that aren't in school? This is one for me. I started with my youngest um, being four years old. So I didn't have my babies when mm-hmm. I was starting homeschool. Uh, I've seen a lot of, a lot of posts in the 
Facebook group that I spend a lot of time with a lot of other moms and they were just talking about it recently and some of their suggestions were things like have the bigger kids read stories to the little kids, especially the kids who have just learned to read. It's super exciting mm -hmm. to be now the one who can read to like the they other can be kids. The teacher, kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. Take turns. Um, use nap time, of course, to your advantage. Um, you can plan other little activities like hands-on activities, get out the Play-Doh while you're doing something mm -hmm. else. But more than anything else, I think it's just amazing at how, what the benefits are will be when you don't push the littles away, but find a right. way to include them. So for instance, we have a, um, we have a project we're doing, it's called My America Storybook, and the website is myamericastorybook.com. And so if you go there, there's this book, and every day there's a, um, a person from America's history. Right now we're doing the explorers. And there's pictures, and you can print the pictures, and then there's a story. And you can either read the story yourself or click on the audio, and there's a separate link for each person's audio. So every day my kids and I do this, but my friend in Washington is also doing it, and she's got four kids from you know, not in school yet to high school. So I'm doing it with my two kids and we're cutting out the pictures and we're gluing them into a blank book. And then we write notes about anything that we like and are interested in. Mm -hmm. And she's, I'm seeing her posting pictures of her with like her little one who can't write yet, you know, and mm -hmm. who is just, but she's making a book too. And us moms, we're also making our own books because we're learning a bunch of cool stuff, you know, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. so fun. Yeah. And your kids want to do whatever you do. And if everything about school is just for them, it's just their learning, it's not what adults do, mm -hmm. why would they ever want to learn? Right. And so it's something that we all do together. It's really important that mm -hmm. mom sets the example that learning is awesome. It's what we do. And so sometimes the lesson is, we're not going to sit and study today. I'm going to read this novel I got from the library. And you just went and got books from the library too. So have fun or you can play in the backyard or you can make those cookies you've been wanting to make or mm -hmm. whatever you know mm -hmm. but yeah. it's great you're you're the boss so you're in charge make it fun plan things accordingly you know sometimes you can maybe plan outings with other friends or you know sometimes you can have other people help out when you want to do something that's really just for your older child like maybe dad can be home that day or maybe grandparents or maybe your neighbor next door can plan a play date and so then you can really get your hands into maybe a special project you want to do with your child that he doesn't want his little sister getting into or something mm -hmm. like that. But a lot of things, and whenever possible, I just feel like include everybody because there's just magic that happens when you're all doing it together. And mm -hmm. there's also going to be like irritation and frustration. <laughs> They're going to bug each other. They're going to fight. You're going to have to put everything on hold and you're just going to deal with all the stuff that life throws out at all of us. But I always tell my kids, these are such good skills. You're learning to work this out. Right. You don't uh, you don't appreciate right now how important this is, but you will later. Yeah. And the people who get along with you will appreciate it that you're able to get along with people. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I like the general theme of it, homeschooling being like a family culture, like how everybody's involved. I really like that. Um, how do you include your husband? And we kind of touched on this really super briefly in the last episode we did with you, but do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely. Um, it's great if your husband is supportive. Not all dads are super excited about it, but a lot of dads come around because there's so many great benefits for the mm -hmm. family. One of the biggest benefits is super strong relationships are built when we are spending this time together and when we're learning things together and... Um, 
the kids see you spending all this preparation and planning and doing all these fun things. My kids always are coming and telling me, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's so funny because they'll say, do you get tired of me saying thank you so much? <laughs> thank you for homeschooling me. Thank you for giving me your time. No way. It's like, you're 11. This is the best, you know? And Rush does it more than any of my other kids, but he's just an appreciative kid. But mm-hmm. they're having fun and they're doing a lot of good things. Well, that is pretty and awesome. And Rush is very, very much a smooth talker. Yeah. <laughs> He's very talkative too. And my husband works from home. So a lot of times it's like he just wants to get in on this cool stuff we're doing. It's fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Like today when we went to go, we're reading Treasure Island and um, a book about a little boy in China. And so we took our two books to go read outside. And I said, grab a picnic, grab a blanket. And they brought out sheets and they tied them to the playground equipment (laughs) and made hammocks out of them. Like, why not? And as they're doing that, I'm like weeding my garden and I noticed some tomatoes sprouted. I'm like, you know, having the beautiful weather and enjoying it. So it's great. So I totally get why Seth wants to like put down work and come do what we're doing. It's it's super fun. (laughs) Yes. But it's awesome because a lot of what we do is we try to inspire our kids and help them like be curious about things. But we have no idea what direction that's going to take. And so um, recently I went out of town and Seth and Rush were home. And I got a bunch of movies for them from the library before I left, knowing that Seth <laughs> would be working some of the time. We don't do a lot of screen time. And so when we do, we like to kind of choose movies that we want them to watch instead of just like, you know, going on the internet and streaming stuff. So anyway, he watched a bunch of things about robots. And when I came home, they were like, yeah, we're building a combat robot. What's <laughs> like, oh, okay. And at first I was a little bit frustrated because I was like, what the heck? We did this last year. I enrolled him in this really cool class that was electronics and we got snap circuits and we did all these little lessons to learn about circuits and learn about electricity. And it was fun, but he didn't want to do the next class afterwards. And I was kind of disappointed because I was really having fun learning it and wanted to keep going, which I'm sure we will at some point. But it was like, it was kind of fun for him. He liked certain parts of it, but there was some testing. There was some stuff where he had to do writing, which was at the time super frustrating for him. And so he was kind of working through all those things. And later on, he found something that really spoke to him. It's still in the realm of the electronics and stuff. And I had to be like, okay, it's okay. Because now he's found something he's really excited about. Mm -hmm. So Seth gave him assignments and they would meet every few days. They'd set an appointment at three o'clock and they would meet in Seth's office and they would plan like, okay, now we need to find a competition. Where are we going to battle our robots? You know? (laughs) And when they said robots, I'm thinking there's like a kid or something. No, he found a pattern online. He's having like it from printed scratch. from like, scratch. Wow. So he's mm-hmm. having it 3D printed for the body of it. And he's having like all these parts. They had to buy a soldering kit so they can like put the wires together. And it's way over my head. Wow. Yeah. But Seth doesn't know how to do it either. He's just learning as he goes. (laughs) The fact is he's just willing. He's willing to try new things and, you know, get out there and be creative. So Seth is awesome because he's just, he's willing to get in with whatever. And Reese likes to play a lot of card games. And Seth is, he's like the yes man. Mm -hmm. She knows he will say yes for whatever card game or whatever, you know. It's not like Monopoly that's three hours or something. But he'll always make time. And so it's so great because when I'm with one child, he's going to be, you know, in the background. The other thing is too, is he's like my major watch for burnout guy, you know, like he's always the first one to say, look, don't take the kids with you to the grocery store, go to the grocery store yourself. And, you know, maybe go to a movie after that, or (laughs) go have lunch with your friends one day this week and I'll take (laughs) off at lunch or whatever. So he's looking out for me because he knows that I'm with the kids a ton. And sometimes 
it's just, you know, you need a break. And we're going to yeah, talk a little yeah. bit more about that later, I guess, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. We can talk about it right now. Okay. If that's all you have to say <laughs> sure. about including your husband. Yeah, I've yeah. Been, I was thinking about that specifically, the, the burnout factor, because I think uh, in most situations, it's going to be the mom who's kind of taking the lead uh-huh. when it comes to homeschooling. Yeah, the in and, and out of days, day after right. day. Uh, even when the husband works from home. For sure. It's, I mean, he still has a job, and he still has to be like kind of engaged. Um outside of the like the everyday educating mm-hmm. um and so i was thinking about how with emily that's what i'm worried about like i just need mm-hmm. to make sure that i'm paying close attention to make sure <laughs> she doesn't burn out yeah. Yeah. yeah so do you feel like you've had enough you time and how do you make sure that you do get your own time well, different stages have presented different challenges mm-hmm. so as we were just talking about like teaching school and having babies and toddlers, I'm kind of on the flip side of that where I'm like trying to juggle teenagers in the afternoons and also like be there for my younger kids who as soon as the teenagers get home, my younger kids are like, screens, screens, screens. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, go play outside. It's a beautiful day. (laughs) Grab those those, uh, uh, hammocks and, you know, (laughs) go get creative. So it's just, it's different. I have, when I first started homeschooling, And my kids were, um, so this was like six years ago. My kids were six years younger. It was harder for me to, I just felt like it was hard to keep my head above water. Mm -hmm. But I also was learning everything at once. I was learning how to homeschool, learning all the, you know, styles of my kids learning. And there's just a lot at the beginning as you get going. And so that was the hardest time for me. And that was the time that Seth would give me frequent encouragement to take a break. Mm -hmm. And most of the time it was just little things like that. It was just little like hey, why don't you just go and just don't come back? Or like on a Saturday, don't come back. he'd be like, you know, the outlet mall's having a sale. I'm like, the house is a wreck. He's like, it's fine, just go. You know? And I'm like, I love you. Because it gives me permission to like turn my brain off and just be and not even have to like coordinate with a friend or anything, but just do nothing and, you know, maybe go to the library and read a book or mm-hmm. go get ice cream mm-hmm. or something. And I did that. I did that on a lot of Saturdays yeah. that he would just cut me free and just say, I got this. It's fine. Um, sometimes I would just have meltdowns. I remember one time my kids were fighting a lot. I was very much a compulsory education when I started and now I am inspire, not require. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we've kind of come over a mountain in our in our journey. But at the beginning, there was a lot of things I was trying to do that were just like public school. And I was, oh man, I got so much pushback all the time. And Seth would come in and he would like bring in expectations. Like, you're not going to treat mom this way. You're not going to act like this. And so one time the kids made me cry because they just would not get along and they wouldn't do the stuff I asked them to do. And I was so frustrated that they weren't excited about it. I wanted to Mm -hmm. create some love of learning here. And all I was getting was like, don't make me. And she touched me and this is ridiculous. And it was so frustrating. And (laughs) yeah, it gets better. Hang in there. So anyway, Seth came in and said, I'm your teacher tomorrow. And he took the day off and he made the kids move bricks in the backyard. And he's like, if you don't want to learn anything, that's fine. You're going to find out what manual labor is. Because if you don't have intellectual things to offer you can have manual things to offer so you're going to offer that for me you're going to go just do a bunch of menial stuff in the backyard (laughs) and they were like at the back door the door was closed they were talking to me through the windows mom this is child abuse 
<laughs> and I'm like listening to music and folding my laundry and having a good time. But it just sometimes you just have to like balance it out and kind of take a look at things. But I learned that I wasn't happy that way and they weren't happy that way and something needed to change. And so we just kept learning. We kept, just kept reading different books. I go to a conference, a three-day conference, homeschool conference every summer. That's a big part of my U time. Um, it's like an eight in the morning till five in the afternoon, sitting in classes all day. And every class is, I'm writing furious notes because it's so informative and helpful. And so, so yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> You're going to have to go with me. Okay. <laughs> this year it was online. So it was a real bummer. We didn't get oh, to like, sad, cause yeah. there's a bunch of friends I've made that we see each other every summer at the conference. And it's a lot of fun to connect, but I learned a ton. And when I go there, I feel wiped out. And when I get home, I am like superwoman. Right, you know, I can't yeah. wait. I have all these new ideas and we're going to just conquer the world. It's mm-hmm. exciting. So um, we might have talked about this last time, mm-hmm. but I, I think it is a very uh, important question. I think that is always on my mind. Okay. Uh, so I like the idea of the non-compulsory learning yeah. where you inspire, mm-hmm. uh, not require. Uh, so what do you do when there are skills or things that you have to get through mm-hmm. that you just seem like you can't inspire your kids to get to get through? Okay, why don't you start by making a list for me of the things that you feel like fit into that category? Okay, so I think writing. <laughs> okay. Writing is a big one. Okay, so like writing their name and being able to like write letters forwards rather than backwards, like mm-hmm. that's an essential mm-hmm. skill of writing. But we also have something that we do like starting in kindergarten. Okay, sit down and write um, five sentences or write half a page about like your own autobiography. What does a five-year-old know about that, you know? Right. So I think that, that we kind of take it to extremes. And um, I, I totally agree that that's one that is a skill. So a skill is different than other learning because a skill is something that you would like tutor to get that skill mastered. And other things are things that you're um, exploring and adding layers of knowledge to over time. Mm-hmm. And just like, I mean, you're not different from your kids. The things you want to learn about, you're going to learn about way more readily than the right. things somebody's making you learn about that you don't necessarily see a use for. Mm-hmm. And so they're very much that way. And you're going to be teaching them from now, I mean, Hiram's four, and for the next 14 years, you're spending pretty much every day with him, teaching him things, whether it's homeschool or just life, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a million different ways to incorporate that along the way. Some kids are just from the very beginning going to love writing. They want to fill notebooks. They want to write letters. They're going to write notes to mommy and daddy. They're all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it so easy for writing for that child. And you'll find other things that that child does not want to do. But always remember and ask yourself, why do they have to do this? Like, we have this ingrained mindset from kind of a conveyor belt learning that America has gotten very entrenched in that we have a hard time breaking out of. Mm -hmm. And we have this carrot being dangled at the end of the conveyor belt that is, you know, success, college, you know, happiness in adult life. But the way we do it is not the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. And are we really seeing the results that have been promised to us? Mm -hmm. Are there things about your education? I mean, I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how many moms say, well, I can't teach my kids math. That's the worst because I'm terrible at math. And I include myself in this because I struggle with teaching my kids 
uh, higher math concepts. I learned them myself. I went through school. I got A's, algebra, pre-calculus. I went to college, graduated from college, but it's not like my favorite subject. And I think to myself, if this is something that you didn't carry with you, why are you putting your kids in the exact same system that didn't work for you? Mm-hmm. And what about the what are the fundamentals of math that are useful and important? Like focus on those things, play math games with your kids, teach them how to double a recipe, build a shelf, measure things, use fabric, and then get to things as they get older, like doing your taxes, buying a car, and you know, very rarely are they going to have to multiply seven sixteenths by point eight five six six two. I think you know one, what I mean. One follow up question would be. Like I, and I think many of our listeners, I think there's hardly a person in the country that thinks, you know what, like the way we do college is exactly the way we should do college, right? Sure. So everyone is, is, I think everyone's on board to some degree or another with the idea that we should do it things better. We might disagree with how, what better looks like, sure. but the fact is the colleges are set up the way that they are set up currently and we can work on changing them, but they still require certain uh, intermediate steps to get into them. Things like your standardized testing and GPA and all that stuff. So how does that work with this, with this model of teaching that you're talking about? Yeah. Well, this is good news. You're going to like this because, um, the colleges and the way things have kind of changed over the last, I don't know, decade or so have become very, very favorable to homeschoolers because what college admission boards are finding is that homeschoolers are way more college ready than public schoolers Mm -hmm. and they take more ownership of their own education. They know how to learn. They know how to study. They perform better on SAT, ACT. And so colleges don't even want, they don't care about a GPA. Um, I'm, as I plan to graduate my kids from Louisiana homeschool, it's going to be a home printed diploma. So it's not, it's not going to be a Santa Monica High School diploma, mm-hmm. but it's just as good. It's they're going to be high school graduates, but they won't have a GPA per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll still like I'll keep records of different things they've studied, and probably my my younger kids who are coming up through homeschool right now will most likely take some college classes when they're in high school for things that they're interested in along the way. And before they even get to college, they'll have college credits, much like a dual enrollment student, mm-hmm. uh, which my older two kids are doing some of those. Um, and so there's definitely, there's definitely things that used to be very, very rigid and had to be a certain way. You had to have that GPA. You had to graduate from the high school and have that diploma in hand in order to get into college. And I know I've met lots and lots of people at the homeschool conference. Of course, I don't have college kids yet, but my 17-year-old is applying to college as we speak. So we're in the throes of all of this stuff, and we're looking ahead towards college. And he's graduating from a public high school, so... Um, he's looking at getting things on his resume to make himself stand out from the other kids. And as I look at it, my homeschool kids have a lot more stuff just naturally built into what is going to be unique about them or help them to stand out as um, somebody who is very diverse and Mm -hmm. tries new things and has a lot of interests and works hard and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So it's really... Not a problem. I Of all the people that I talk to at the homeschool conference and of the friends I've made who have kids in college and who have graduated from college, um, none of them had any trouble getting mm-hmm. into to college. And they said the ACT is totally no problem. You don't, they, none of them even did like major ACT prep or SAT prep, which 
the high schools are doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm not at all, I used to be when I very first started, but I'm not at all worried about any of that now because I'm not trying to please them. I'm trying to help my kids discover and learn and go on a journey of, of finding things that interest them and are important to them. And just like this robot, Rush isn't doing this because he's like, oh, I really want to learn how those synapses work and how electricity runs through a motor and all this stuff. He just wants to see his little monster robot destroy somebody else's <laughs> in an arena and have people but watch if, it. If we can learn things <laughs> on the way to destroying somebody else's robots right. and hopes and dreams. So if one of the things you say is an important skill is to learn some engineering, well, here it is built in. But I'm not saying, Rush, now it's time for engineering class. Get out mm-hmm. your robot. We're going to draw some models. We're going to, you know, I'm not trying to make this a chore for him. We're just embracing that he has this cool interest and we're going to follow it. And when I find Reese is interested in something, like she's been really loving, last year we read a bunch of stuff about Civil War and she loved the stuff about Harriet Tubman. So we got lots more books about Harriet Tubman and put them on the shelf and she reads them herself because she's interested in that. Same with Helen Keller and so she'll follow that. Um, Another example is like I've been wanting to do more memorizing with the kids and um, I've Sometimes there will be something I want them to do, but I'm like, I know if I force this, they're not going to like it. They're going to give me pushback and it's going to be frustrating. And so um, I started just doing it myself. I just said, well, I'm going to make a book, a blank book, and I just put in the things I've been memorizing. I have some scriptures. I have a few poems and things like that. So I glued them in and now I've been working every day to memorize them. And before homeschool gets going every morning, like over breakfast, I'll get out my book and I just try to try to practice and memorize them. And pretty soon, they want a book too. They want to, mm-hmm. you know, today while I was reading some poetry to the kids, Reese was like, just a second, pause. And she runs in the, <gasps> she in, into the room. Hi, I'm always says that. Pause. Really? Yeah, always. <laughs> like, call I wife to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just put, hit the pause button on your mouth, mom. I'll be right, right back. <laughs> so she runs and gets like her little blank book and she comes out and she's like, I want to write this poem down, you know? Mm-hmm. And after a while, her hand got tired and she said, would you write some of it for me, mom? My hand is getting tired. And I said, sure. I'll write some and you write some. You tell me what part you want me to write and you tell me what part you want to write. And she just divided it up and, you know, we got it written down and now she's got it in her book with a few other poems she's written down. But I'm not making her do it. Mm -hmm. She's excited because we read five poems and one of them she really liked about, you know, Bethlehem and the baby Jesus. And so, and that's Christmas coming up. And so this is something that gets her excited and feeling happy and, and that's wonderful. So everything I think of that I want to teach them, I try to just introduce things to them and and bring them around it but mm-hmm. there's tons of different things we can do every day and there's no there's no rule on you know how quickly you have to learn this or that or you know how many days you have to spend in math or science or history or mm-hmm. whatever and they just all work together and so I really enjoy that side of it yeah. Yeah. I really like that idea of having um, the parent you know kind of the teacher not really being the fount of all knowledge but being a co-learner and having it be mm-hmm. like a, a co-learning experience yeah. definitely as opposed to like 
the pedagogue sitting up there, you know, speaking wisdom to the the minds of the children. Yes. Um, I think that, that's a really cool image. I like that a lot. Yeah. The kids love it when I am stumped, when I don't know the answer to something, or when we look up a word because I don't know the word. They're always like, you don't know that word? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these are old books. These words are not used very often. It's pretty cool that you're going to know this word. <laughs> and then, you know, leave it to Rush to bring it up in a conversation with adults in the next day or so. Yeah. But, um, but I think that that is such an interesting thing is that we get into this idea where like we graduate from school ourselves and we start having families and then we fall into this trap of like, do what I say, not what I do. There's, mm-hmm. I'm going to outsource this learning. Somebody else is going to teach mm-hmm. you now because I have other important adult things to do. And then we don't, we don't read books anymore. We don't learn new things. We don't follow, I mean, some people do. Like Emily, you're a great example of somebody no. who has <laughs> hobbies and <laughs> talents and develops them. And like, you're my hero. So I love that. But a lot of people don't. And when you have more kids, it's harder. You're seeing like oh, yeah. time is stretched mm-hmm. thin and it's mm-hmm. harder to balance everything. And so one thing I kept hearing at the homeschool conference from so many moms over and over again was take time to learn something that you want to learn. Not because you're trying to set an example even, Mm -hmm. just because it's fun to learn, Mm -hmm. but you will set an example and your kids will see that. And when my kids got burned out on piano, I said, that's fine. You guys stop. I'm going to start taking the lessons. And I did. And I took the lessons and it was really fun. And you know, (laughs) it's, it's not perfect. It's not like my kids are like, taking lessons and their Mozart now or whatever. But when I started taking the lessons, they're like, will you teach me this song? Will you teach me some of these lessons? Can we go back? Can I take lessons again? And their interest is renewed because they love the music being played in the house. And they love that I've gone from being not able to read sight music or sight read music and to being able to read sight music. And they're like, that wasn't as hard as I thought it would be, mom. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Awesome. Well, you know, when when I do my flashcards, you could do some too. <laughs> yeah. So I think when we really get down in it with them, we just show them that this is what we do. It's the same like with scriptures in our family. I don't like force my kids to read their scriptures every day, but I do encourage them and I make sure that they know that I do because they're walking in on me in the mornings when I'm doing it or they find me on the back patio with my scriptures or they, whatever. If I just tell them to do it all the time and I don't do it, mm-hmm. how do I really feel about my scriptures? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not very important to me if I don't take the time, you know? And that's true with everything we learn. Mm -hmm. So you've talked a little bit about your conference that you do every summer. Yes. Um, And so you've been able to meet some really great friends because of that. Yeah. They're also doing homeschool that are in your same situations. Um, But how have you been able to find local homeschool communities? Sure. There's a bunch of homeschool groups around and you can find them a lot of times just by talking to friends. If you know somebody who homeschools, they likely can um, plug you into the different connections. So like in Baton Rouge, there's a group called Bayou Cajun Homeschoolers and it's just one mom and she's got some friends who kind of help her, but she puts up together a really awesome list of over 300 homeschooling families in the Baton Rouge area. And every month she plans a field trip and she emails all the details out to all 300 families. And then it's just first come first serve. So it's like, oh, we're going to see the SWAT team and learn about their dogs and the police on their bikes and all their horses. Can I and... go to that one? Yeah. Right? I like to... Yeah, I can tell you right now, dad came to that one. Yeah. A helicopter came and landed right in our midst and got out and like told us all about using the spotlight to search for, you know, criminals in the streets. And you better believe my kids' eyes were as big as plates. They were just <laughs> in awe. 
but there's she plans things all different kinds of field trips and marine aquatic field trips and all kinds of different jobs like introducing you to what different people do in their careers and so we have done lots and lots of field trips and then we meet different people each time we go but we also run into people that were like you homeschooled no way you know like mm-hmm. people I knew who I haven't seen in a long time who I didn't know were homeschoolers and so it's fun to connect with that um, she also sends out emails about all the all the things that fall into her lap and she's sort of like a source for people to like disseminate the information about homeschool because there's a homeschool choir there's a homeschool band there's homeschool football homeschool basketball homeschool orchestra there's homeschool debate there's homeschool I mean everything you can think of and when a mom is in need of a mother's helper or when somebody has a business and they want a homeschooler to work for them in the afternoons like all these things come out in emails and it's super really convenient and cool. super helpful um, there's also a couple of face group, Facebook groups like Ascension Parish homeschoolers, and sometimes people will plan park meetups or activities. There's always mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like every single week, there's so something. So it's not that hard to find. Not that okay. hard to find. And then That's my good. favorite, the one I get onto a ton, is the Well Educated Heart Facebook group, um, because it's the same. It's my philosophy. It's like the 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 methods that we use for using the arts for learning and to guide us in our learning. And so people are always putting really good ideas and really inspiring poems and um, different quotes that just like fill me with excitement for what I'm doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) or just like troubleshooting ideas or, you know, what's a good book for this age or what's, you know, all kinds of different questions. And when somebody's new and they've got babies like what do I do with my babies when my older kids are trying to learn and they they share advice with each other and so I love that one I love that one and church there's a bunch of people at my church who are church who homeschool and more have added and so it's great to be able to talk to them and get our kids together because they're home during the day and Mm -hmm. you know there's just different resources one of them is big into 4-H and she plans a bunch of 4-H activities and so I can kind of just like peruse the list like, oh, cool, you have robotics. All right, well, let's talk about this later. You know, I'll be calling you yeah. or whatever. Cool. So there's a lot of stuff around. Awesome. awesome. Are there any podcasts you listen to, like uh, homeschooling podcasts? Yes, I listen to The Well-Educated Heart. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> not surprised by that. It is like the homeschool podcast to end all homeschool podcasts for me mm-hmm. because it's um, full of ideas, lots of ideas. And she also has this really great website where she has the Catch the Vision course and it's all kinds of different articles that you read and different audio clips that you can listen to and there's some TED Talks on there. And it just helps you catch the vision of um, what the end goal is. Like you wouldn't take off in an airplane if you didn't know your destination. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we sort of jump into big things not really knowing where we're headed because we're new to all of this. Mm -hmm. And she helps you see what the landscape is like and what your goals are. And and that's what the homeschool conference is too. I went there the first year thinking somebody was going to tell me what to do and how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was really... I kept thinking, maybe the next class. No, maybe the next class. <laughs> and I keep asking people, what curriculum do you do? What cur- Tell me what to do. <laughs> and it's really more of like under- sorry, understanding what um, is possible and what is out there and setting the bar high and reaching for the stars kind of, which sounds very abstract, I know, but... <laughs> There's just, everybody is so different and nobody Mm. knows your kids like you do. So how could a box curriculum help your child fulfill their life mission or Mm. be able to follow their path without having to just hit walls of frustration because 
the curriculum says do this today and you won't do it and I can't make you mm-hmm. and you're miserable and I'm miserable and I feel like we're falling behind and now we need to read this book. And so that just didn't work for me. And not to say that it doesn't work for some because tons of people you know, like it. So that must be working for them. And that's great. I don't think that everybody should do the same thing or that even everybody should homeschool. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. But these are things that have worked for me. (laughs) So I think Emily might have one more question. I I have one. Okay. So I'll ask my last question then you can uh, finish. Go for it. Um, So what would you say to the parents out there who are maybe excited about this idea, um, who see the benefits of it and they are, they want those benefits for their kids? This isn't on the list, so I apologize. That's okay. But, no, you're fine. Um, but might think, I can't teach. Like, I'm not a good teacher. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. I didn't... I'm uh, not patient. Yeah, I'm not patient. I, or maybe I didn't I go to school. I don't know how to teach. Yeah, I, yeah. I just graduated from high school, but that was a long time ago. Uh, and so I, this is totally 100% outside of my wheelhouse. And I wasn't good with at school when I was in school. So how am I going to teach my kids? Yeah. So what do you say to that mom? Okay. That's a really good one, and it makes me think of something that I've been meaning to touch on, but I never got around to touching on it. Um, I would say that, first off, you can do so much more than you think you can. The fact is that being a professional teacher teaches a lot of things that apply only to a classroom. Tons of schooling, tons of the classes in college to teach a professional teacher is about classroom management. And... Um, it's and not that's, even subject management, but right. subject prof- proficiency. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but also, like, there is a, the Spirit of God is inside your heart. And as you decide to pursue a path like this for your children, your heart is in this more than anything else. You want the best for your child, but who else does? Of course, God does. Like, He's not going to let you fail if you are putting your heart and energy and effort into this. And, um, One of the things that has really helped me over the years is that I prayed about it and I felt really good about it at the start. And so I felt like it was something that God called me to do with my specific kids. And like I told you last time, not even all my kids are homeschooled, Mm -hmm. but um, I didn't want to... You know, as I prayed about it and we worked through it, we we decided that the best thing was to let the older kids have their their say in it and their agency with it. And they've, you know, they're getting out of it what they're putting in, and my younger kids are getting out of it what they're putting in. But I think that they're the very best homeschooling I have done yet is not because I knew the subject really well or because I'd prepared such amazing lessons. It's because I didn't know what to do and I prayed about it. And I can't tell you how many times that I'm praying about a problem with a child or not knowing how to teach something that's important to me to teach my kids or that there's just, you know, how do I inspire them about this particular thing? And I pray about it and the ideas come flowing. And a lot of times it is, again, when I'm like obediently studying my scriptures and doing the things that I should be doing and when I'm trying to rein in my anger and not get frustrated with them. And, you know, I have to put in work too. It's, mm-hmm. it's homeschool's not easy. I don't think any of you are saying that it is, but I'll tell you <laughs> definitively, it's not easy. It's the best thing I've ever done and it brings me more happiness and satisfaction than anything else. And it's flying by. Reese is nine, like I have eight years left with her. It's crazy. But, um, I guess nine, but there's just so much that you can figure out along the way on the fly. At least that's, 
that's been my experience mm-hmm. is that there is just and that we are in the age of information the way that i was schooled is like you have to memorize everything and you have to you know and i'm not saying i don't want to expose my kids to like the capitals of all the states and learning some things but we're not spending tons and tons of time on like you need to memorize the capital of every country in south america and you're going to be tested on it friday mm-hmm. why <laughs> you're not going to remember it right just yeah. look it up ask siri two seconds later you know you know yeah. and why would you look it up in the first place because you have a reason to you're like oh aunt janet is going to peru and what's the capital of that or where what airport would she fly into that's when you're going to need to know it is because and that's when you're going to remember it exactly yeah. and so definitely expose them to it but we're exposed to things like capitals and geography and stuff in our reading because we're reading about all these different places and all these different histories and all these different governments and all these different life mm-hmm. choices that people made and it all just fits together. So why would I need right. to know all of that to well, and, teach and, it when we're just learning together at the same time? I think this is a cool point because our brains aren't wired like computers. Like computers are very good at what they're good at, which is like basically memorization. Yeah. And computing predetermined set facts or like facts or outcomes based on predetermined rules yeah Uh, but human brains are designed for stories i mean that's how we think that's how we interpret the world around us and so facts get stuck in the kind of gel of stories but facts don't stick in our brains naturally very easily that's why it's so much easier to remember when you you know you're talking about the capital of Peru when it's attached to a specific story as opposed to just mem- rote memorization. Right. Which I think is cool. mm-hmm. That's exactly, I mean, that has been my experience so much. And I read about that before I started homeschooling, and I was drawn to curriculums that use living books. But the thing that's been so cool to me is that I have. I've discovered so much wisdom in reading classics with my kids that I didn't read as a kid or that I wasn't exposed to a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And we've read a bunch of classics. And as of like we go back, we, we all remember different things about it. So it's always fun to kind of bring it up again. And we're reading them multiple times too because like we said, Reese was three when we did Johnny Tremaine. Well, pretty soon it's about time to pull out Johnny mm-hmm. Tremaine again. But you learn all these things along the way. The stories your heart understands a story and so it's just naturally going to teach you things that you're ready to learn Mm -hmm. as you hear the story but as you go through things and you and so we take we'll like take notes actually my kids aren't doing a ton of this yet but i'm doing you know some notebook notebook pages every time we read a book i take notes about that person or the the story or the book or whatever and i just mm-hmm. jot down a few things that stood out to me or like a principle i learned from it or something that was really valuable that i don't want to lose and now i have that binder with all those different pages about so many different topics and places and that's a treasure to me like that's the wisdom i've gained in five years of homeschooling my kids and if my house were burning down, you better believe I'm going to like grab that binder <laughs> with the baby photo books and head out quick. So those are the yeah. kinds of things that I think like you don't have to have. You don't even have to have a high school degree to do that because really I'm getting educated again from elementary on up. Anything I missed, guess what? I'm getting a second chance. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's a ton of fun. Okay, and I think we have time for one more question. Okay. We might have to cut it short, but let's go. Okay. So we got this response and she says, I fear my children will resent me because I'm taking away the fun experience of going to school. Any advice? Oh, absolutely. Like, for example, even Hiram is like so excited to ride the school bus or like to bring his backpack and put all the school stuff in it. But 
If we do, like, homeschool, he's not going to get that, I guess. And he's already bummed about that. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Totally. What do you have to say to that? Well, concern? from my own experience, Merrick was also so excited about riding that school bus. Mm-hmm. And about a week in, he's like, do I have to ride the school bus every day? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's kind of how this thing works. You're at school every day. Um, it fades really fast, I'll tell you that. But some of that feeling of being worried about what they're going to be missing out on mm-hmm. is you projecting your own experiences. Like, right. you know... I was a cheerleader in high school and on student government and I loved high school and it was really fun and I worried about my kids missing out on those high school experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that was just me. That was what was what I wanted and what I needed at the time. Um, but I think I also would have been really happy with homeschool if I had friends around and other experiences too. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to project your fears on them. Right. My kids feel like homeschool is freedom and not being homeschooled would be jail. Okay. <laughs> because they have, you know, so much control over their mm-hmm. days and over their time and how, what they explore and do, things like that. Um, also, the, it comes up again, back down to it. Like, it was a spiritual calling for mm-hmm. me. It is definitely mm-hmm. the thing that is best for my kids. And so when things get hard or when I feel like there's a wall we're hitting, I can go back to that and say, but Heavenly Father... You said this was the right thing to do. What now? And then he takes me by the hand and helps me along with that particular struggle. And so um, I think like if kids are, you know, wishing for other things, there's a lot of ways to meet that need. Maybe they want to be, you know, like they're missing out on the dance team. Well, there's also like dance classes they could be taking. Or maybe they want to play an instrument. Well, get them involved in the homeschool band. Maybe they just want more time with friends. Okay, so we need to schedule that on the weekends. Maybe some of their friends are in public school. And that's kind of like Reese has a lot of friends in public school. And so we plan activities after school. We pick up her friend Charlie Jane after school. Or we'll um, get together with Susu on the weekends or something. And so we the need is not that they want to sit in a classroom like it sounds really fun to ride on the bus Mm -hmm. until you do or to be sitting in that chair at school with a backpack and come home with homework and it is really fun a couple of times (laughs) but (laughs) but I'm seeing with two high school boys in my house that that they're definitely killing the learning they're not they're not inspiring my kids to want to learn more about those things. Now, my kids are inspired to learn some things, but what they want to get in on is they want to know about the things that we're learning in at home. They, and we have great conversations at dinner and about politics and about all kinds of things that I'm interested in, that Seth's interested in, that we're studying and sharing together. And um, and my little kids have all these opinions about politics. I'm like, okay, we're being too vocal around, <laughs> around the funny. little ones. They're talking like they know what they're talking about and they don't. But maybe, you know, their, their opinions are forming too and Mm -hmm. so um but I I want them to think for themselves I want them Mm -hmm. to be able to weigh out and so that's another really important thing to me is when you're studying about someone just don't take one book on it read what somebody who doesn't like that person has to say and think about it and work through it and find truth because there's you know there's so often many sides to any story I think I want to end with something you said earlier about how uh for you this was a personal calling for Heavenly Father. You felt called by the Spirit to embark on this, and then you felt Heavenly Father engaged at each step, especially when you come up to a brick wall and you're like, I don't know what to do with these kids, or like they're really frustrated, or they're worried about this one thing, or whatever it is, and the Lord helps you. Uh, And I think that's something to remember, that we at Outpost of Heaven are not saying all of you have to homeschool, or you're bad parents, or anything like that, or even this is the, the optimal 
the optimal choice for all parents. But uh, be sensitive to the Spirit. Um, and I think as you're prayerful about this, the, the Lord will show you what's going to be best for you and for your children. Mm-hmm. And He, if he gives you an answer, he's going to provide a way for you to do what he said because he does not give us promptings or direction or commandments without also preparing a way for us to to follow through and do what he Mm -hmm. says absolutely i my favorite thing about this episode with you courtney was just the whole general vibe of it being a family culture thing that everyone's doing it together and we're like we're all in this together even though you have two public school high schoolers they're still involved and it feels like I mean I'm third person over here, but it feels like it's a like a family, a family deal. So that's really yeah. Cool. And I also really like the the whole idea of uh, approaching learning, um, approaching it as like a co learning experience as opposed mm-hmm. to like the pedagogue distilling knowledge upon the younglings, um, because I I feel that in in like our lives that I crave learning all the time like, yeah i'm the same like I, I feel like as soon as every semester we went through this when we were in college that like we by the end of it we'd say okay like we're, we're ready we need so a, ready break. For a break and then Yay, like vacation. day two after the semester after the semester ends i'm like all right ready for more classes i'm ready for a yeah. workload i'm ready to learn some more because this is uh this is boring um, <laughs> and so I, i'm excited to make this kind of a more central part of our our mm-hmm. family i think it is already right. but as we kind of the culture of learning and yeah as yeah. we kind of more uh, make that culture a little more not formal, but ingrained, I guess, or yeah. established. Established, yeah. yeah. I like that. Well, and yeah. I have one more thing that I just, yeah. one of the questions mm-hmm. that was on the list that we didn't get to, mm-hmm. which is totally fine, but just thinking about it, that um, what the question was is how have I changed oh, or yeah. grown mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. homeschooling? And humility is something that has been, um, over time, really shown to me that I need more humility in my life because a lot of times I will fall into the trap and this is a really easy trap to fall into because you're doing something different from other people Mm -hmm. and so there's going to be people are having different thoughts on it or judgments or they're like oh your kid's writing their threes backwards huh okay sixth grade interesting you know like what kind of homeschool is that or whatever but I have to decide am I going to care about what what's best for that person or try to please that person or am I going to try and meet the needs of my sixth grader where they mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. and so and it's not just in those kinds of things but it's it's humility and being willing to say I don't know things it's being um, humble enough to be able to look at the situation and look at my kids as individuals and realize that whatever they're doing whatever path they're on isn't necessarily like um it's not validating or invalidating me or mm-hmm. all of those things. And so we need to keep it all in perspective of just trying to help them be their best selves, each of us be our best selves. And it's going to look so different for every single person and every family. And there's no one right way or one wrong way. And we're all figuring it out as we go. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be able to get together and talk about it and, and be able to just share the experiences that have helped us grow. Yeah, I like that so much. Meeting the needs of the children like individuals. Thank you so much, Courtney. No problem. This is great. Yeah, if you guys have any more questions for us about this topic, feel free to shoot them our way or send them directly to Courtney or we can pass them along to her and maybe we can talk about this again in the future. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, keep the faith. Bye. Have a good one.